so when a company announces that first good drill hole, I want to have sort of a, a good gut feeling that we've got a shot of a million ounces at least. Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Today, we will discuss the correlation between performance and companies that have identified significant new discoveries. Joining us for a conversation is Steve Toderick of Sprott USA. Mr. Toderick, welcome to the show, sir. How you doing, Maurice? Thanks for having me. Now, before we delve into performance and discoveries, allow me to congratulate you, sir, on winning the prestigious 2019 PESM Award. What an honor to have your peers and industry professionals recognize your contributions as being a great steward for the natural resource base. For the person listening, tell us about the PESM Award and share some of the previous winners. Um, quite a humbling award for sure. Uh, Murray PESM was a well-known financier uh, based out of Vancouver mostly in Toronto. Um, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, he had up to 50 junior mining companies in his stable. And Murray would raise the money for the different companies. They'd go out exploring, trying to make new discoveries of gold and silver deposits. And uh, um, in eastern Canada, his little company discovered the uh, the famous Hemlo gold mine, which is still in production. And then in the 1980s, a couple of his companies discovered the Eskay Creek mine, which went on to become the, the richest gold mine. And I think it was the fifth largest silver mine in the world. Um, one of the stocks literally went from 25 cents to $72 a share uh, during that excitement type of thing. And um, I had the pleasure during those days when I was a geologist up in Vancouver of doing quite a bit of the exploration work for Murray's various companies. So I uh, had first-hand experience with them. And uh, I would say that during that time, I was younger and, and a couple of friends of me started up a little investment club and we started buying some of Murray's stocks that... Uh, uh, got us into investing in the sector, if you want. So, Murray pe- passed away uh, in the 1990s, and after that, in honor of him, they created this award uh, to, I guess it was meant to recognize uh, various individuals, more on the financing side of the uh, the mining industry, people that are involved in raising money for junior mining companies, as well as going in the market and buying shares, supporting the companies that they like type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's... Uh, I'm kind of surprised and very humbled to join that list because some of the previous winners were obviously Murray Pezum, um, John Tugnetti of Haywood Securities, Ian Telfer, Ned Goodman, Adolf Lundin, my boss Rick Rule, Eric Sprott, Marco Day, um, Clive Johnson of B2 Gold, Ron Nedlinski, John McCloskey. So it's it's a pretty uh, pretty prestigious group of guys there. It certainly is, sir. And again, congratulations on that uh, coveted decoration. Sir, you're one of Rick Rule's hand-selected investment executives with a proven pedigree of success. Share with us the makeup of your clients and your investment thesis that separates you from your peers. Well, I think my strength is the fact that I'm a geologist. Uh, I went to university in Vancouver to study and become a geologist and then worked in the field for several years for mining companies looking for deposits. And then I transitioned into getting involved in running my own junior mining companies as the president of the two junior miners for about 12 or 13 years. And then in 2003, Rick asked if I'd consider crossing the street to become a stockbroker to help pick gold mining stocks for our clients to invest in. So 
Um, as of today, I've got about 40 years experience. It's all been in the mining industry. Um, I've never done anything else. Uh, I think I have one of the the most exciting jobs in the world type of thing. I love it with the passion, um, getting to go out and visit projects and, you know, always talking to people in the industry type of thing. So um, those strengths, I think, uh, give my clients a leg up on, on helping to pick good stocks to invest in. This can be a very trying sector, especially when metals are out of favor. Um, but I've, over the, the decades doing this, my niche is to identify uh, the small exploration companies that make what I think are going to be the significant discoveries that uh, major mining companies will want to come in and take over the juniors to acquire those deposits to build into big new mines for the, the big company shareholders. So um, it's uh, it's a pretty niche sector. There's a lot of companies out there, but um, over the years I've I've come to learn and, and convince myself that this is the best place to be is in the significant new discoveries. If you're an investor, you want to get in right around the time of that discovery announcement, usually meaning the first good drill hole that indicates a, a, a significant new find and then sit back and, and see if the com- company can successfully keep moving the drill over, which usually takes about two years of drilling to uh, defy those horrific odds and end up you know, being able to announce they've done it, they found a big significant deposit, and more times than not, you see a major mining company come in and, and take them over to build that mine. Now, you said a key word here, a significant discovery. What are the attributes that you're looking for that constitute as a significant new discovery? Well, as a rule of thumb, I think that if a company's going to build a brand new gold mine, it's got to be at least 1 million ounces of good grade gold. And that factors in the location, the infrastructure, things like that. Um, so when a company announces that first good drill hole, I want to have sort of a, a good gut feeling that we've got a shot of a million ounces at least. Um, and what I'm looking at, uh, there's a, a recent discovery uh, that I can't name the name of it, but the, the first four drill holes were on the order of 20 meters, 25 meters of, um, you know, five to eight grams gold. Um, 20 meters, 25 meters wide is not really wide. That's not the stuff that the giant gold deposits are made out of, but that is the stuff that 1 million ounce deposits are made out of. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking for. For the giant deposits, um, the spectacular discovery back around 2008, a little no-name junior called Aurelian Resources uh, announced one day a drill hole. I think it was about 242 meters of... Uh, four or five grams gold, including about 60 meters of around 30 grams gold. That was, that's a giant drill hole. That's the stuff the multi-million ounce deposit made out of. That kind of a drill hole actually makes my job easier when I see something like that, because big drill holes like that don't tend to be in the middle of small deposits. They tend to be in the middle of the really big to giant ones. Not asking for a shopping list, I just want to know some of the ingredients that have made uh, your clients some handsome returns over the years. Do you have some examples to provide audience members on the merits of adding companies with significant new discoveries to their portfolio? Well, that's a bit of a tricky question. If, if investors are going to try doing that on their own to identify you know, significant new discoveries, i.e. looking for that first drill hole in a news release headline, that's tough if you're not a geologist. Um, you know, for me, it's second nature type of thing. Um, you know, there are, a, there are a number of current significant discoveries, you know, to my standards, I'm quite happy. I'm, I'm almost, my clients are almost full right now. 
Um, if we if there's a brand new good looking discovery announced tomorrow, I have a bit of a problem because my clients don't just continuously send money into me. Uh, they tend to say, "Okay, sounds nice, Steve. What do we sell to fit that in?" And and it's almost to the point where I like the ones we have. It better be really good if I'm going to say, "Let's sell some of one of our current positions." This has certainly been an eye opener and is quite intriguing. Before we close. What keeps you up at night that we don't know about? My hockey team, the Chicago Blackhawks. They won three Stanley Cup championships, and as a result of being serially successful, they had to let their good players go. (laughs) Disappointing to hear. I'm not a hockey fan, but I tend to be inclined to Detroit teams. I always like the Detroit Pistons, the Detroit Lions, Don't Laugh, and uh, the Tigers. <laughs> and I'll go with Red Wings, although I'm not a hockey fan. <laughs> Last they, question. They had a great, oh, go ahead, they sir. Had a great team yesterday. They had a great team yesterday. So I'm, I'm pretty, you know, what keeps me awake at night? Not much. I sleep pretty good. Um, I believe gold is going higher. I'm not a raging gold bull. When I, when I started working for Rick 16 years ago, gold was $425 an ounce. It's almost 1700 today. Uh, from the simple geological perspective, uh, there's lots of gold deposits out there to find yet, but they're getting harder and harder to find, mostly meaning they're getting deeper and deeper. That means that if uh, investors, for whatever reason, want gold in their life or in their portfolio, they're going to have to pay the going rate for it. Mining companies are not going to dig gold out of the ground, losing money just to give people gold. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, as a, a general, and then you add in all the other reasons why gold probably continues to go up like it has the last 16 years. Um, so in general, I feel good about investing in this sector. I, I think it'll always be around in a, in a good place for a, a portion of investors uh, uh, investing dollars. Um, so, you know, pretty happy overall. Last question, sir. What did I forget to ask? Who's going to make the next significant discovery? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. You never know. You can never predict. But that's that's what I'm. That's what I do every day when I get up. First thing is, you know, is today the day that uh, some no-name junior has announced a good-looking discovery? If you could pinpoint, if you were to say, generally speaking, geographically, is there a region that you uh, kind of has your attention at least? I would absolutely love a giant gold discovery in the Carlin trend in Nevada by a little junior. Um, everybody loves Nevada. Everybody knows all about the Carlin trend there. That's where the giant gold deposits are that Newmont and Barrick own. The problem is that they've had all the real estate tied up for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of juniors, you know, poking around, but you know, I'd love in a Aurelian type of drill hole, you know, right in the middle of Nevada. Um, Eastern Canada is a good place. Uh, Australia, we've got two very nice-looking gold discoveries happening down there. I, I love Australia. Uh, just touching on that, for the last three years, in my books, I would say that there's been a lot more money spent in Australia um, exploring, spending money drilling um, than there has been in, in Canada, the U.S., and uh, we hadn't really seen any significant discoveries, but all of a sudden here we're, we're starting to see the rewards of spending all that money with, uh, you know, significant new discovery by Rio Tinto, their new Copper Gold discovery. Um, BHP's announced a, a newish Olympic Dam type of discovery down near their big uh, Olympic Dam mine. 
Uh, and then on the juniors, I can't mention the two that uh, referred to a few times here, but you know, a couple of nice looking discoveries. So that that's good to see. I, I love Australia uh, in general. I want a, a low risk country. Uh, mining companies are trying to reduce their overall risk profile by shedding some of their, you know, riskier mines, uh, non-core assets, and, and trying to acquire those mines where their shareholders feel more comfortable. Mr. Tatarook, for someone listening that wants to further today's discussion, how may they get in contact with you? You can give me a call in our uh, California office at one 800 Four seven 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 eight five three, or email me at my uh, address stoderick at sprottglobal.com. Sir, allow me to ask you this. If someone has a, a natural resource-based portfolio that they like to have graded, can they contact you and have that graded, sir? Yeah, by all means. Uh, it doesn't take me long at all and happy to chat about them. And for our audience members, please make sure you put in the subject line, proven and probable. Before you make your next bullion purchase, make sure you call me. I'm a licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, where we provide a number of options to expand your precious metals portfolio from physical delivery, offshore depositories, precious metal IRAs, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Call me directly at 855-505-1900, or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. Finally, please subscribe to ProvenAndProbable.com, where we provide mining insights and bullion sales. Steve Totterrook of Sprott USA, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor. 